So, a little bit of aftermath last night after Wednesday night's big revelation as Ben fishes for info, miraculously avoiding suspicion, and Sharon tries to lighten his load. After Balam's big argument on Tuesday that led to a stalemate, things seem to have calmed and they're at least speaking to each other, even if there's a big elephant in the room. What we now know is that Ben's been taking action to try and remove the threat of danger he feels there and constantly, and after learning that Callum was going to go ahead with the campaign he took it out particularly hard on the homophobe he saw the same day. He still doesn't want Callum doing the campaign but he at least feels he's doing something about it and is possibly hoping he can take most of the threat away by the time Callum's face is all over London. Callum's been buying Easter eggs while Ben's been tending to Stuart, and despite what's going on that's pretty cute. Especially as Stuart's carried out the sort of homophobic violence that Ben's so scared of, on Ben. It's just another testament to how much Ben loves Callum that he can even live in the same flat as Stuart, never mind look after him post-surgery. I've been thinking about Ben and Stuart and how the show drew parallels to their fears at the start of the year, and how Stuart might actually be the one to really understand Ben at the moment, having also been a vigilante a few years ago as a result of being failed by the justice system, plus a tendency to try and take out people who he thinks are a threat to his family, see that time he put Callum's boss in the morgue thinking he'd killed him, so yeah, Stuart might end up leader of the Ben defense squad, and wouldn't that be something? Ben and Callum talk a little bit about Stuart, his sweet tooth and the fact Ben's had to confiscate his bell from him. Ben's quips get a few smiles out of Callum, but he can sense that something's up and asks Callum what the matter is. As an aside, the wedding poster is still hung up in the spare room, after it seemingly disappeared after Vi's return. I'd thought it was an issue with out-of-order filming when we saw it earlier in the week but maybe that was a blip and it's actually meant to have been there the whole time? Sure we'll go with that until proven otherwise. Callum goes to sit down and tells Ben about the man that was taken into Eta the previous night, which is obviously the same man that Ben had beaten to a pulp. I'm pretty sure Ben knows that, and he starts off nonchalant enough, asking if it was a car accident or something, but seeing Callum's face he seems to grow concerned despite himself and asks if it's really that bad. He feigns shock at the revelation that the guy had been attacked and left for dead next to the gym, as well as when Callum tells him that Sharon had found him and he asks if she's okay. He knows full well the answer to that, obviously. I can't say it's easy to watch Ben putting on an act in front of Callum, but then again he's been doing it for months now with everyone. It's just now we know just how much of an act it is, and exactly what lengths he's gone to just to feel safe enough to function. He tries to joke with Callum about Sharon carrying out some box fit moves on the guy, probably to try and downplay the situation and get Callum to take it a bit less seriously. But it doesn't work as Callum tells him off for finding it funny. Ben then tries to use it as an example of why he was right, why it's not safe for them, meaning that his comment to Sharon about feeling safe isn't quite true. Callum tells him it wasn't a homophobic attack, and Ben asks how he knows that. And even though he knows it wasn't, it's also a fair question, because the police obviously don't know that the connection is that they were being homophobic before they were attacked, the connection is that they're simply young men being attacked whilst on their own. I remain amazed that they can link four seemingly random attacks in London, but I guess this is soap and we just have to roll with it. As an aside though, when you think about the fact that Ben, just one person, has gone out and waited for homophobes to present themselves so he can, in his mind, get the jump on them first, and that it's happened four times in a few months. The world isn't exactly proving Ben wrong. To him, his comment to Callum about there being someone on every street corner hassling them for being gay isn't an exaggeration at all because he's carried out the research himself. 
In a move that's quite reminiscent of the scene in the hospital before lockdown, Ben asks Callum if there's any leads on these attacks. Callum doesn't clock on that he's fishing this time though, and simply tells him there's no witnesses or obvious forensics so no, no leads, but whoever is doing it is getting sloppy. Which just really confirms that his last attack was more spur of the moment than the others had been, where he was deliberately hanging around at night time, presumably away from the square, and also presumably with a means of leaving no fingerprints or blood samples, like gloves for example. Ben looks quite shifty at Callum's certainty that it's just a matter of time before the attacker slips up, amazing how Callum hasn't noticed, really. But I have a feeling that this guy will be the last, as Ben goes on to ask how he is. He maybe didn't have to think about the consequences of his actions with the others, being away from the square and with no one he knows involved, and with enough control to stop without having to be stopped, but now his own husband is telling him how it's not looking good for this guy. It gets to him and he ends up deflecting again, towards Callum doing the photoshoot and wondering how he can still want to do it, knowing what people out there are capable of, even if it is him, you can see his certainty that doing the photoshoot will bring danger as he asks if Callum enjoyed the beating so much that he wants another one. Callum's at a loss for words, having possibly hoped that Ben had simply gotten over him doing the shoot, and tells him that it's nothing to do with them, ah Callum, if only you knew that it's all connected. He says nothing is going to stop him living his life, and the same should go for Ben. I can't help but find it a bit dismissive after he saw the extent of Ben's terror the previous day, but again this is his stubbornness coming out, being determined to go out there and be proud and to show Ben that there's nothing to be scared of. And he leaves an uncomfortable looking Ben fidgeting on the sofa to mull over what he's just learned. Meanwhile, Sharon's trying to find ways of lightening Ben's load, and she goes to Kat to tell her she knows Ben's been helping her with Phil's businesses and tells her in no uncertain terms that he shouldn't be anywhere near them right now. But she can't really tell her why, so Kat doesn't take it seriously as she wonders how Ben can be going through worse than her at the moment. Sharon tries to tell her he could wind up losing Phil everything, going for the professional angle as the humanity angle clearly isn't going to work on Kat, but it's no good, and Kat warns her not to go to Phil with any of this. Naturally, Sharon ignores her and we see her visiting Phil in the nick, telling him that Ben is in trouble, not the first time she's had to clue Phil in on what's going on with his son. Phil doesn't take her seriously, until Sharon informs him that Ben is behind these attacks, and really, Phil knowing about some random London attacks from his prison cell? They're really trying to sell these as some huge local scandal, aren't they? You'd think Ben was Jack the Ripper, and that gets his attention. Sharon explains that he's doing it as payback for Callum, thinking he's keeping them safe. She gets it, at least, and that's why she wants to help him. It is a bit sad though that she has to also warn Phil that Ben could damage the businesses too. She tells him to take the deal he was offered to get out and come and help his family. And last thing we see is Phil later telling Keeble that he'll tell her everything, as long as he can make an international phone call first. Enter Sam. And more on that in the week ahead.